I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hello, this is Danica. And this is Jan. And this is Valerie. And today we watched two different versions of The Thief and the Cobbler. We uh, watched um, the Miramax version. Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights, though. um, But it definitely had a VHS release that actually said Thief and the Cobbler, because that's what I had as a kid. Um, And then also the um, recobbled cut, the the latest version from, I think, 2013 of that, um, which is as close as you can get to... The original intent of the film um, without having gone to that one showing where where he showed it to some people um, his his even closer version um, so yeah we watched those two very different versions of the same basic plot and ideas um, which is fascinating yes. um, who would like to do alright I will try to recap this movie um, <laughs> yay Valerie uh, depending on the cut you kind of get a different beginning but basically, there is a cobbler and a thief, and they live in this uh, very prosperous kingdom. There is a threat outside the kingdom that they are protected from if the three orbs are on top of the minaret, but the thief steals those orbs, and so the threat is very real, and the king and his vizier zigzag... Well, the king is worried about it. The vizier sees this as an opportunity uh, to try to marry the king's uh, daughter, Princess Yum Yum. And in order to protect the kingdom, Princess Yum Yum and the cobbler try to go to the witch to figure out how to save them. Uh, The thief follows along to try to steal whatever he can. And... um, uh, the quest on, for Princess and the Cobbler, they get the prophecy on how to save the kingdom, and the thief still follows along and helps, uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but yes, they get the prophecy. Uh, Spoilers. Oh. <laughs> they the prophecy, and then maybe they save the kingdom. <laughs> That's their goal, at least. Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, we're not telling you if they did. We're just, or no. I did, but maybe I didn't. So, um, initial reaction to each of these. Oof, uh, um, okay, initial reaction. Spoiler free. Initial reaction to the first one. There are visually there are things that I liked, and I had seen this movie before. You had. Yes, I had. Uh, and some of the the yikes parts I don't remember. But, but what I do remember and what left an impression was the their play on perspective and things like that. I like those parts, but the yikes parts are so much that I don't know if I can recommend it, the first cut. And then the second cut, uh, I still have those fun visual things, but I think I would have had to, I think you have to see the first one to, to be able to appreciate parts of the second one. And, and so... And, and it's kind of indulgent, this, the, the recobbled cut. So I don't think I can recommend that one either. I like parts of them, but but it was seeing both of these movies, I got, I got kind of bored after a bit. 
I'm sorry if you like it. I like parts, but <laughs> that's my initial reaction. Like, sure. I remembered it. I remembered liking it, but then I see it and I'm like, Ugh. So, so I don't think I can recommend these. Okay, mom. Well, I can remember. I remember you and I have a definitely yeah, have a lot of nostalgia, nostalgia for the original. And I and because again, I, we had it on like VHS. Yes. Oh, you owned it. No, yes. I think we owned the actual. Oh, dang. Yeah, yes. and it said "Thief in the Cobbler." Yes, I, I, even I, though the Miramax version is usually referred to as Arabian Night. Yeah, I had no. I did not. I'm pretty sure I knew it as the Thief in the Cobbler as well. Yeah, I, Arabian Night was a, a very much a surprise. I think. To me. I think in releases after the VHS, maybe they they had it as that. I, I'm not sure I exactly where the naming Arabian Night. <laughs> Yeah, from. that was bizarre. Yeah. So I so I went into this with lots of nostalgia and I remembered really enjoying it. I didn't so much enjoy it. Uh I love Jonathan Winters who plays in the in the Miramax uh, version um who plays the voice of the thief uh cuz I love Jonathan Winters from just many things of my childhood growing up. And uh but I remembered liking it a lot more than I liked it when I watched it this time and there were very many problems with it. The second version I absolutely loved. I, as much as I love Jonathan Winters, I did not miss not having the, the thief, you know, have, have a voice and speak. I loved not having, he technically never spoke. He just had a constant internal monologue. Oh, yes, in in the original. I mean, mean in the Miramax version, not Um, the original. Unlike the cobbler who has an internal monologue and also speaks in the Miramax version. And that was problematic in the first. Well, like a narrator. Yes. I don't know. It's him narrating, yeah. Too much narration. We'll get into it. (laughs) Way too much narration, but yes. Uh, Anyway, but so I did enjoy the second version, but honestly, I don't, I would definitely not recommend either version for children and a family. I just don't think this is a family film as much as they may make it out to be because there is, oh my gosh, way too many isms, which we'll get into too much visual. That's, whoa, no, just not okay. <laughs> but I would, I would, um, I don't know. I'm on the fence right now as to if I would recommend this for anyone. I'm glad I saw both versions and I definitely enjoyed the second version. I definitely think it's worth watching, but again, and not a family friendly film. Yeah, um, my, yeah, my, re- my impressions weren't, I had, of course, seen the original, the, not the original, the, um, Miramax version as a kid a lot, um, and, and, and remembered enjoying it a lot, and I, um, had heard of, but hadn't actually watched the recoupled cut, um, so that was really interesting getting to see that. I definitely wouldn't recommend the Miramax version because it's just a bad film, <laughs> um, and, and, and one of the biggest things that kills it is over narration. Um, I, there's a certain charm to the thief's voiceover, but you're totally right, mom, that like, I didn't miss it when it wasn't there in the other one. Um, I recommend the recobbled cut for people who are really interested in animation, but I couldn't recommend it to a general audience because it's frankly not a finished movie. Yeah. And it, I mean, it shows. It uses, you know, storyboards and, and the music isn't always there. I think some of the music is, is not what was even originally intended for it. Like, it's just, it's not a complete film because the film hasn't ever been completed. Um, so I couldn't recommend it to just anyone. But if you're really interested in animation, like, it's kind of a must-see because it's such a fabled um, long production and, and there's just some really fascinating stuff that's done with the animation that is really worth seeing for those who are interested in that. Yeah. 
And I will also say this, I can see, having seen both of them back to back, I can see how the Miramax version tried to make it family friendly. Yes. So I don't feel like it Which, would Which, yeah, be... I don't think was a concern that they really had with it in the original conception. Like, before Miramax and stuff released it, I don't think they were too terribly concerning themselves with making sure it was child-friendly. Yeah. But oh, Miramax okay. was... <laughs> Oh, yeah. yes. And I, not yes. just child-friendly, it seems like. Conforming it to the the mold that they think would be successful. I.e. adding musical numbers. Exactly. Right. So, like, there's one thing about cutting some of those weird parts. There's another. Adding songs that are, are poorly made just because kids' movies need songs. Right. So. Right. And so I don't feel like it would be like scarring or terrible to, to show your children because I did the first original. But as far as artistic value and as far as really equality, I think so much of it would go over their heads. Uh, but plus, I, you know, plus and good luck still, finding it. Like yeah. the Miramax version is so hard to for me to find on the Internet. We like found like a really low quality version. That version just does the doesn't really exist I, much anymore. I think the last release was in the earlier 2000s and was only outside of the U.S. So, yeah, it's hard to even get a hold of that version. But bottom line, they took out the, the overt sexual innuendos <laughs> in the Miramax version, and they also took out the absolute, well, some of the violence, you know, and that was more insinuated in the Miramax version than it was in you know, the, the second, yeah. the cut version. And we'll get into all that. But yeah, right. those, this was our initial impression. <clears throat> yeah. um, let's get specific. So there's just, there's a lot to cover here. Um, before we really get into the story and stuff, I, I have to talk about how this thing was made because that's a huge part of it. Yeah, why we even had a second cut. Yeah, um, so I have some stuff that I have to read from it's Wikipedia. A lot of notes. <laughs> um, um citation wikipedia good. <laughs> yeah we're so we're good, good we do our own research all the time um <laughs> i just go to wikipedia and type thief in the cobbler and so much research is done very quickly <laughs> donate to wikipedia <laughs> the thief in the cobbler was in and out of production for over three decades it was finally placed into full production in 1988 when warner brothers agreed to finance and distribute it um, but negotiations broke down um when the production went over budget and behind schedule something that had been happening a long time before Warner Brothers signed on to it also. Um, Warner Brothers pulled out and a completion bond company assumed control of the film, which was then re-edited and restructured by producer Fred Calvert without Williams' involvement and released by Allied Filmmakers in Australia and South Africa as The Princess and the Cobbler in 1993. Then two years later, Miramax bought it. Um, They were a subsidiary of Disney at the time and released uh, it even more heavily edited in North America under the title Arabian Night. Even though, again, there was a VHS release that definitely said Thief and the Cobbler. Yeah, I knew this is Thief and the Cobbler. Yeah. I, I, whenever it talked about Arabian Night, I'm like, wow, what? Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's weird. Um, but so, yeah, the Thief and the Cobbler being in and out of production from 1964 until 1995, a total of 31 years, makes it surpass the 20-year Guinness World Record previously held by something called Tiefland. So, yeah, <laughs> wow. this thing, it was in production so long that it got a Guinness World Record. Not one that you necessarily want to have. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So it originated so in the 50s or It originated 60s? in the 60s. 60s. Um, 60s. The, the original version that he worked on, he um, ended up not being able to do because he had disagreements with the people who were funding and they um, kept the rights to a lot of stuff. So he kind of had to start over. Um, and then he was doing more. He actually, with that very first version, um, had already gotten Vincent Price on board and recorded some stuff in the 60s and 70s with Vincent Price and then also brought him back in the 80s to do a few more things. Um, and Vincent Price was the voice of Zig Zagging. Of right, course, right. Vincent Price, again, is We'll incredible. get into that. Please let I me know. do this. Okay. <laughs> um, um, yeah. As years passed, his the project just became more and more ambitious. And Williams said that the idea is to make the best animated film that has ever been made. There's really no reason why not, except maybe like time and money. Yeah, like maybe <laughs> it won't get made if you keep doing this. Williams envisioned the film to feature very detailed and complex animation, the likes he thought no other studio would attempt to achieve. Additionally, much of the film's animation would be photographed on ones, meaning that the animation runs at full 24 frames per second, as opposed to the more common on twos, something yeah. that I've talk to you guys about some uh steven spielberg saw footage of the thief and the cobbler um at some point in like the 70s or 80s and was impressed enough that he and with film director robert zemeckis asked williams to direct the animation of who framed roger rabbit a movie that we all know is very good (laughs) especially the animation um so he agreed in order to get financing for the thief and the cobbler and get it finally finished and he won two oscars for his animation and and contributions to the visual effects Uh um they he did not get as much financing as he ended up wanting. Um, Spielberg, I think, was interested, but stuff happened and it didn't end up working out. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Like, if you yeah. put it into context about how it's, ambitious this was. It is really sad, but then it's also kind of a matter of one dude's hubris ultimately resulting in a thing never being finished. Yeah. Um, so once he ended up getting Warner Brothers to fund it, um, but he... But they were like, okay, it has to be done 1991. Got to 1991, and there still was like 10 or 15 minutes of, of footage that needed to be completed. And at the rate he'd been going, that would be like another six months. And they were like, nope. And they pulled out, and someone else took um, the fu- other funders took over production of it away from Williams and gave it to Allied Filmmakers. Um, The Allied Filmmakers cut is drastically different from the unfinished work print. Four musical numbers were added where the film originally had none. Many scenes were cut, um, especially um, like the the thing where the thief tries to get that emerald and then um, is going to receive capital punishment for it when the guards catch him. And the subplot where uh, Zigzag tries to feed Tack to Fido, his pet vulture. Right. Um, also removed are any mentions to the maiden from Mombasa, who we'll talk about later. Um, Tack um, speaks um, several times and narrates most scenes in past tense in this version. Though in this version, it is still not actually um, Matthew Broderick. Um, it is is a different voice actor who I didn't write down because there's too much and we didn't watch that version anyways. Yeah. Um, the some subplots were added, um, such as Yum Yum um, living uh, tired being tired of living a life of regal splendor and wanting sure. to prove her worth to her father. Um, the nurse initially disliking Tack um, and warming up to him later on, and some stuff that I'll talk about in spoilers. So that version existed, and that was released in Australia and wherever else it said, uh, not here. So then Miramax got the rights for it, and they were initially just going to release that version. Right. And um, they didn't because Harvey Weinstein (laughs) made them make further changes. Sure, okay. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, with the animation 
animated uh, the animated sequences that were added to the Allied Filmmakers version to make it complete and to add musical numbers. Um, they had different people that they contracted to do those bits of animation. One of them for the first animated song sequence, She Is More, was Sullivan Bluth Studios, uh, um, headed by former Disney animator Don Bluth. Yeah, I mean, that one looked good. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like there was a, a, a change in quality. Yeah. But uh, the the bandits... Si- that, yeah, that one. That one definitely felt Because the bandits themselves were so detailed. Yeah, yeah. They're like, uh, let's just not do any of those scars anymore while they sing this song. So uh, the Miramax cut, of course, includes all the changes made in the Allied Filmmakers cut. In addition, several previously mute, mute characters are given voices, such as Fido and the Alligators, and of, most obviously the Thief, who narrates over all of his scenes in the form of an inner monologue. The Golden City is now referred to as Baghdad for some reason. Yeah, I don't uh, like They that. removed as much of the Mighty One-Eyed Slave Women as they could. Um, I didn't mind that. <laughs> the sequence with the witch was almost entirely removed. Um, um, and a lot of the climactic battle that we will talk about l- much later um, was was cut and shortened. Then we have Garrett Garrett Gilchrist's uh, fan restoration, which is the version that we watched that wasn't the Miramax version. Uh, it mostly follows the work print version, um, at least in intent, using most of its original audio track and editing structure. In order to present a more complete film, he also he also added additional music, some from the from some from the released versions and sound effects, and also included finished footage that does not appear in a finished state in the work print, whether taken from released versions or from other sources. Most of the changes made by Fred Calvert and Miramax max aren't present but it does include a few minor calvert only scenes or alterations um either as a side effect of using that footage for unfinished scenes or because he felt the scenes were needed to make the plot go um for this reason he doesn't refer to it as a director's cut he refers to it as the recobbled cut yeah um and what is the name of that if people want to find this online the second version if you search the thief and the cobbler you will see the recobbled cut if you try to find other versions, that will be hard. Finding the recobbled cut is not hard. It's on YouTube. Google it. You can easily find it. Okay. Yeah. Those, okay. So those are those so are the main notes for all that. <laughs> big context. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some important context for all of this. So now let's actually get into the story and characters. Let's uh, actually get specific okay, now. Okay, okay. Let's get specific. Um, so um, I kind of have mine divided between like Miramax only, original only, and both. Um you guys do what you want. But yeah, that's kind of how I have okay. my stuff set up. Right. But yeah, let's uh, non non-spoilers stuff about the story and the characters. I think in the in the Miramax version, there's not much that was added that I like liked. <laughs> so like the narrator any, being a character in the story is a weird decision. I I mean, it's condescending to the viewer. It's like they're not gonna get it if I don't tell them what's going on. Whenever I think the animators did a good enough job that you can connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And then they, they changed the structure of the story. So that's why they might need a narrator. Of It's like, oh, we didn't actually have the footage to, to get from A to B. So we're just going to tell you so that yeah. we can keep going. Uh, yeah, because in the recobbled cut, all of that seemed to follow. Like how somebody got from... Like, where the thief is because he's such a, a character that moves around and gets into shenanigans and has to get out of shenanigans. Stuff yeah. seemed to flow pretty well in that version. Yeah. Um, there was still definitely lots of times that the narration just felt extraneous, though. Like, it was like, okay, I already got it. I understand. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, some of the thief's monologues or whatever, his his parts, some of them were funny, but most of the time it was just 
too much. It's like, oh, we, yeah. can't, we can't have silence in this film. So he's just going to talk over everything. Like, there was, like, a whole mom bit where he found his mom in, like, the sewers or some pipes. And it's like, why? That doesn't make sense. And... <laughs> I didn't like that. Oh, it also I guess kind technically of felt he was maybe, talking, unless yeah. he was just thinking that in his head as he was. That's true. I guess that would have that been him talking. Make, that doesn't make sense. Okay. But but also, that, I'm not 100 percent sure. But that joke kind of felt anti-Semitic too with the characterization of the mom because she's kind of got an accent and is like, she feels like the stereotype of the overbearing Jewish mom. I get. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even get to that. <laughs> You're I like, I was just that. annoyed I'm that just it was like, happening. At I don't all. like this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, in both movies, I like the nurse. Are we, mm-hmm. are we on characters? Are we, just... we can do a bit of both. For, it's story and characters. Story characters. Uh, yeah, no, Miramax, the story didn't make sense as much as the recobbled edition did. Right. Uh, the songs, I didn't like them. We're not on the songs oh, yet, bad. but we will talk about them. <laughs> they didn't add anything to the story. No. Yeah. So I'll just bring it no, back to that. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, one thing that I did like, actually, in the... Even though it was maybe a bit on the on the nose. Thank you. Um, You're like, is, what party part is it on? Yeah, is uh, in the the Bluth animated scene where she was talking with the nurse. She put whenever the nurse was getting her ready and putting on the veil and things like that. The uh, princess put her hands out as if to be cuffed as uh, she put on the bracelets, and I'm yes. like, I like that. Like, I mean, I don't know how. How much, like, again, on, on the on the nose it is, but... Yeah, it's pretty on the nose. But but I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, and then, so... Was that in the Miramax? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because it, it's in that... That scene isn't in the recobbled cut. That's right. Okay. And so, and then... But, but it just also kind of felt like, oh, this is Aladdin. <laughs> oh, I didn't even really talk about it. But yeah, this movie was obviously in production far before Aladdin was made. But even the first version of it was not released until after Aladdin was made. Yeah, they're like, oh, Aladdin and it did this. Affected it. <laughs> yeah, like let's do this story. They liked this. Yeah. So so let's just make her Jasmine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe someone else should talk. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say I I liked the characters in the recobbled version so much better. I. I very much liked, yeah, the the main characters. I liked the. I mean, Zigzag was pretty much the same, but yeah, other, everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was great. Yeah, Zigzag was great yes. in both versions. Absolutely, Vincent Price. Mwah. Yes, phenomenal. And but again, I and again, I love Jonathan Winters. I I think, it, but it was funnier with the thief being silent. It mm-hmm. really was, and it was yeah. So I I liked the, the thief better. I liked Princess Yum Yum much better in the recobbled yeah. version, and I liked um, the nurse actually even even better. <laughs> the nurse is just hilarious. Yeah, she's oh, a fun character. Her introduction her. is good. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just like, her introduction these... was better, I think. But I'll talk. I actually want to talk about that in sound design because that plays a big yeah, part. But of I mean, yeah. So she, she's the shaky little old lady, but she yes. has these giant arms and she can just pulverize yes. people with them. It's, it's just great. But then she goes back to her little shaking as she's walking along. It's great. And then, um, yeah. And then I like the cobbler better. Uh, yeah, so all the characters, I think, were enhanced to me, and just their, the nuances, their, their getting to know them, their personalities, and just, yeah, their character, their characterization in the recobbled version was so much better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 
So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Was Zigzag the vizier drugging the king? Yeah, to make him sleepy. Why was the why was the why was the king sleep or the? It's a good question. Sleeping I felt all like, the time. Yeah, I I. I felt like he was like, is he drugging him or something in Miramax? But then when they brought in the the lady from wherever, I'm like, oh, if this is just a general distraction thing, like maybe he's. But the king just seems him. really like just bored and all like the time, just uninterested sleeping. in anything yeah. for like he's the first sleeping. half of the movie. Yeah. It's not until he freaks out about his kingdom that he actually starts doing anything. Yeah, and two is I wonder just because uh, the vizier. Uh, Zigzag. Zigzag has all these round rings. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if the two round rings they they were larger, but that the vizier. I mean, wait, the what king is the name of the game? Too. The king has. Nod. You know, if somehow there was some connection with it. That, I think I it, didn't know. I think I he's wondered. just he's just a fancy lad. Yeah. Um, I put that the princess and tech just blushing when they see the flower hearts was a way cuter like establishment yes, of their romance. Yes, that was, was very cute. That was that adorable. Was like very cute. Much better. I liked the princess noticing that the thief smells bad um, when he steals the um, hand scratchers from yes. her. Which in the Miramax version, he only steals one. But in um, the recobbled cut, he steals two. She's like, he steals one. And then she's like, what happened? And she's like, well, good thing I have another one. And starts using it. And then he steals that too, which is very important for a thing later yeah, that's in a, that version. There's a payoff to it. Yeah, it's a good. very good payoff. Story-wise, that makes sense. Yes. yes. I thought the chase scene where the cobbler chases the thief was better without the constant commentary over yeah. it. Yes, yes. Uh, I thought the one eyes being introduced later worked better instead of introducing like I get the intent with introducing them in the beginning in the Miramax version of to like have this threat looming the whole time but then it kind of is like I don't know it doesn't it doesn't work because you're reminded of it so rarely yeah whereas here you don't find out about it until pretty late after you've already kind of been established in this world and these characters yeah and then you're like oh this is why those balls are important because these guys are bad news. Yeah, and then, like, seeing the scout in the beginning leave, and then it, like, Take takes forever. him so long to get back. Yes. It's weird. It yes. is. One thing that I thought was funny in the uh, Miramax version oh, yeah. uh, with um, the narration or, or the, the monologue of the thief. I have a couple of his lines written down, yeah. I have a few, but one... I think one of the first ones is uh, naked or like uh, naked lady. Whenever no, no, he gets, like, in- yeah, he's like uh, naked lady. Yeah, he's like Ooh, but gold. Yeah, he's so <laughs> not about like ending up in her bath. Yeah, except for he's the- like no, no lech- not lecherous at all, which is lovely. Yes, like, yes. Okay, but like I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like also, that. also his, also his when he's poking the bubbles, he's like soap. I've heard of it in fairy tales. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, what else do I have? Oh, Fido's intro makes more sense being a, when it's more extended. Because um, in the original, uh, in the Miramax, you also kind of get a, a sense of how he's mistreated, um, but you don't really get the establishment of how what a hungry guy he is. Yeah. Um, and the extended bit that was in Recobbled Cut sets that up, which has payoff obviously later and but yeah the talking it's like oh so you're supposed to be the uh the parrot character in this movie yeah yeah i don't like it 
Um, the princess's bed scene was interesting, but also I didn't seem to go anywhere. And recobbled. Yeah, when the yeah when the um, thief gets on her bed, which ends up being made of it's like dogs, dogs. or something, yeah. really scary looking dogs. And but then he runs off, and it didn't it didn't really have any payoff. Um, it was an interesting scene, yeah. and fun to watch, but yeah, it didn't really go anywhere. Um, the thief trying to take that emerald was hilarious, though. He like takes all of the stuff out of out of his robes and then like reaches into the thing that has this glittering emerald in it and tries to pull it out but of course he can't because it's too big to go through yeah the structure of the the jar vase is such that it's too thin yeah there's a point where his hands can go through exactly it's a great question (laughs) but anyways he's trying to do that and then these two guards come up and he notices them but then he just still tries to get it even harder even as they start dragging him away with it but then he comes back with and then they just pick him up and start walking away and you can still hear the clink clink as he's trying to pull it out (laughs) as if he could keep it if he managed to get it yeah um Yeah. And then and then that leads into um, the payoff scene of having the back scratchers because the back scratchers look um, the the ends of them look like hands. Um, And so he's led out by the um, guards to to a square and they're chanting thief. And and basically the implication is they're going to cut his hands off for thievery. And so when he's in front of the thing, he, he like realizes and i realized right before he did and then he pulls he pulls out the things and pretends that those are his hands yeah the back so then so then the back scratchers those get cut off instead of his hands and he's like oh he's like he like mimes being all hurt and like slowly walking off with them and everything and it was it's a really fun scene it's great i feel like that scene could have still been in there too it's not that adult because he doesn't actually get his hands cut off so i don't know I, it was a really fun scene. Um, I like. I liked that. Yeah. The so when zigzag, uh, when the the thief ends up stealing the golden balls off the thing through perseverance, which is his main superpower. <laughs> um, um, but they end up getting out. He he ends up losing them. Um, and the and zigzags henchmen get get hold of it. And so zigzag um, is basically saying, telling the king that hey, I can find them with my magic if you'll do a thing for me. And what he wants is to marry Princess Yum Yum. And so in ver- in both versions, yes. the king says no. But in the Miramax version, he just kind of like laughs it off as this absurdity and is yes. like, oh, there's no way, never would I let you do that. But he's just laughing about it. Whereas in the recobbled cut, yeah. he's angry. Yeah, and he's like, like oh, that. heck no. There is no way that is happening. And yeah, they're both, it's an there's interesting different interpretation, but I definitely prefer the him being mad. Yeah, too. definitely. Now that you mention it, uh, or not right now, but previously sure. you mentioned that Bluth did the... Uh, uh, she is more scene. Yes, and yeah, I felt kind of like a a Thumbelina thing there, huh. and now and now that makes sense why. That's even in the general time period that he yeah. was probably working on Thumbelina. Because her dancing was weird, but for whatever reason, it, her it dancing felt, was kind of weird. It felt like Thumbelina, and so that makes sense. And now, yeah, cool. The um, I like that the king actually wanted his daughter to go on the quest for the witch. Yes, on the second in, in the recobbled. In, in the recobbled, and yes. the in the Miramax, there's this whole. Oh, if only I had a son. No, you can't possibly when she suggests yeah. it and it's annoying. Yeah, yes. it's just to fit in the, the character thing that they... If we're trying to prove to her. herself to her yeah, father. Yeah, but no, he's like, if I had a son, he would do it, but like... But I'm, but like, you, I you need you to, to do this. Yes. Yeah, he's and, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold the fort down here and fight when they come, but you need to go get this figured yeah. out. 
the whole witch scene is weird as heck. It's so yes, weird. very strange. <laughs> what is it with them and boobs? I don't know about Yeah, it. she's like a an old shriveled lady Into who like cobbled. walks really goofy and has these like swinging boobs or whatever. She's like a little imp almost. She is a, she is an odd little character. Very and a lot strange. of that footage cuz it's it seems like from what how they described the version that was released outside of the US that that most of that scene is in there, but it seems like footage of it isn't all recovered because a lot of a lot of that scene had to use um, storyboards and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, it, in the Miramax version, literally, there's in the Miramax version, it doesn't show the, the only time that it shows her with a body at all is when she is yeah like a, a, a smoke, smoke thing, which she becomes a smoke thing because she blows herself up in the recobbled version. <laughs> she like goes she like goes on she like tarzans her way down to this thing or whatever and then she like sniffs some fumes and gets high on them and then she lights a match and explodes it's kind of it's kind of bananas yes so and the other thing is they for whatever reason in the miramax version say that it's the sister of the king who has his other eye oh yeah and it starts oh no that the sister of the of the one eye yeah yeah yes the one eye king who has that she has the other eye and it starts with showing an eye in both versions, but then whenever uh, she leaves in the Miramax version, she had two eyes. So I'm like, how does she have one eye but have two eyes? Yeah. And seeing it, yeah, it's just such an odd forced tie. Yeah. It's like, you didn't need to do that. Yeah, there wasn't any story advantage to tying them yeah, together like, like that. Yeah. Like, there's no, it doesn't help at all. It just makes it confusing. I'm... We can still, if you have more story stuff, go. But I have a couple of voice acting things that I haven't mentioned since we've already discussed some of that. I like the quote, his long, bony, but beautiful toes are grasping when he was trying, <laughs> when he was working on trying to get uh-huh. the golden balls. And then uh, without talking about spoilers, Matthew Roderick has some really stupid lines in the end. <laughs> not, I'm sure it's not his fault. <laughs> no. Um, for instance, well, I guess they never ran into a cobbler before yeah. that he says off screen. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I don't even remember exactly what he says at the at the end, like as it's kind of fading out and ending, but I hated it. It was all of it, <laughs> all of it was dumb. I remember I don't remember the words, but I remember disliking them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like wrote, well, it looks like they never been a cobbler before. What I did like though, in his intro talking about zigzag, about how he Earned the trust of the king, but from no one else, or something like that. Yeah, I, I like that line. Which yes. makes sense, considering when he like enters the the scene at the, at the beginning of the movie, he has dudes ahead of him that are whipping the crowd to keep them back. Yeah, it might have been the line that you hate. This this like faux epilogue of the thief getting caught for stealing whatever, going to jail, but then becoming the head of security. I, I hated it before that, but also, yeah, that was really dumb and weird. Yeah, I'm like, why? This isn't like a high school movie where it's like, you know, they're the head of whatever, they're yeah. drunk and whatever. Like, that was weird. Yeah, you didn't need to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's enough. They just uh, That's it. enough disconnected from the actual film for it to not really be spoilers. It's just weird. Well, I was going to say is they're just trying to have a happy ending for yeah, all the which main is, characters, but uh, he's like okay. he's a thief, but like, he's fine. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to become the ca- captain of the guard or whatever. Yeah, That's weird. Was, Let's talk about animation. Okay. Very interesting animation. I love how the 
how the thief walked and moved. Yes. Oh, I loved it so much. And then I loved Zigzag's shoes. Yes. That yes. was the coolest thing. When when you first see Zigzag, he's coming into the city and and all this his entourage, they're unrolling carpet as he's walking. But then his shoes, they're almost like elf shoes but super long and then as he walks they you know like imagine picture the stereotypical elf shoe that's curled like the toe curls upwards well as he would walk they would unfurl and go straight and then they curl back up and then he'd take the other step and it was just really cool it's kind of creepy cool what i don't know it was very yeah very Mm. interesting I liked the way that the cobbler's tax function as his mouth for most of the time, uh, yes, which I is true in both versions, but then also that. they just give him a mouth and he talks at multiple points in the Miramax it's version. Bad. And it's, I, I put the added scenes where tack talks and moves his lip feel notably different from I the rest of the it. animation. And I hate it every yeah. time it happens. Yeah. They're like, he's got round eyes. He must have a round mouth. Uh, and also I said, he looks really weird singing. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and while we're on animation, though, can I just say this? The the skin tone discrepancy and extreme changes just bother me so much. It's like what they have Tack be almost ghost white and they have Princess Yum Yum be very um, dark skinned. And then they have the king be kind of in between. And then at the end, they have... They have Tack be darker skin, yeah, and, yeah. and t- so it's just like what is. Well, I up think he got that? baked in the sun. That's yeah. I was confused about it's, that too. It but seemed I like they almost. It, it seemed like they almost referenced that in the recobbled cut, like when the sun comes up or whatever. She kind of like says his name or whatever, and and you kind of get a good look at him, and he and he has the color, and it feels like they almost referenced it there, but it's never explicitly said, yes. but I just assumed he got baked in the desert. I think so, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he does start off as, like, stark white, but I think I mean, just, like, ghost white. I, I, yeah. I think it's implied that he, like, never gets out because he's just doing shoe stuff. And he doesn't oh, okay. and he doesn't change color until they go out into the desert. Yes, so yes. I think okay. that's what it is. And they do interesting things that kind of confused me at first with uh, faces and coloring and uh, like the emotions like with zigzag oh, his, zigzags like his face his would turn blues. he's usually blue, blue. but yeah. his face would turn full red when he was like mad or yes. like or like, in love oh, love with yum yum even though it's whatever and his eyes are like hearts <laughs> yeah and then with the king his face went stark white when he was talking about the his vision and his yes. dream and and i would i would look at his hands to see like Oh, his hands are the same color. This is just the emotion that they're showing with his face. Yeah. Okay. So that stuff kind of confused me too. But I agree that, yeah, the, the... I wish there had just like been a line like, oh, the sun really got to you or something like that. Yeah, I That made so. it clear that it's so purposeful, but it feels like it has to be because it doesn't happen until they're in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, uh, this The first time I was kind of confused and then the second movie, I was putting it together like, oh yeah, he's probably like... They're, they're, you know, questing in the desert or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes more sense. It just bothers me because it's like, what is, are you, if you're going to portray ethnicity, be consistent or be respectful? I don't know. I just, it just bothers well, me. Well, 
Yeah, yeah no, that's um that's the reco- the recobbled cut makes it clear that that was never a concern. Yes. Uh, but we will talk about that and how's it hold up. Yeah. Um, I, animation otherwise. Yeah. Again, I had seen this movie before, and like nothing stuck with me as much as. The thief and the cobbler's like chase, chase scene. scene. Yeah, it's a vi- it's a visual feast. Playing with perspective and like very uh, simple, like checkered or like patterned backgrounds, and and then you're they're like, oh, this is a floor, but oh no, that's a ledge, and you're falling into it. Yeah, and then uh, again, seeing uh, in a different part where. Uh, Tack is going like upstairs, and uh, Zigzag is coming downstairs, and and. It looks like they're There's on like different stairs levels. There's like stairs and then also squares between them. Yeah. yeah and, but like maybe they're on the same level, but somehow they like miss each other. Yeah. Like that yeah. stuff is They fun. have a lot of fun with that stuff. Yeah. Yes. And the, yeah, there's just so much that's almost dizzing to your eye at times. Just like the pictures that you can look at. And if you look at them a certain way or, and for long enough, it'll, the depth and Yeah. And there's also some like really stuff that I know is very hard to animate that they do with like the camera position and stuff of like mm. zooming in and out and characters like character like moving in a scene and so their proportions change because of where it is in the camera or like going go spinning around a thing mm. and, and having to do all that because there's no CG usage in this film. Oh, so at like all? A, yeah like a lot of a lot of films starting in the eighties and nineties like use um UCG as as a base, and then they'll like hand draw over it. No, it's there's none in this. Not bit. even oh the machine. Not even the machine. That's, it's oh all hand draw. That is oh really impressive. God. It is. I wow. thought the machine surely. It's not none of it. Whoa! Wow. Yeah, well, that that this huge war machine is yeah. what we're talking about. For and the that's also is just why it went over budget and took so long. That's fair <laughs> because <laughs> that stuff isn't easy to do. That's fair. No, but wow. yeah, like you have uh, the thief. On like a a tightrope situation, yeah, swinging they, back and forth into yeah, the camera. Yeah, well, stuff. even him, like it kind of goes above his head. Or oh something. yeah, like, and the pole is like all like oh yeah, yeah. Like there's some really cool stuff. Like for sure, when it shows like um, uh, zigzags tower and it like spins around and then goes into and up the stairs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like there's good. I mean, there's there's good things in this. There's but... amazing animation in this, which is again why it's like. If you're into animation, you should watch it definitely. Yeah, and yeah. I and I very much enjoyed because of the com- complexity, just so complex, so much of the uh, geographic and visual design. I liked the recobbled version better, the color scheme because mm. when when it came to the One Eye Armies, it was all just black and red in the Miramax version, whereas it, you got so much more nuance and detail in the recobbled version of that whole um war war machine part. war machine part yeah, yeah. and I this is a, this so is a very more. small note but i just wanted to say that when the thief is is trying to get the last of the golden balls off of the thing his nose like latches onto the thing and snakes up as he's trying to pull it and i just love that <laughs> <laughs> It's such a cute little thing. Yeah. But yeah, other uh, the 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 textures and patterns in the in the movie besides the like perspective stuff, but like the windows of uh, oh yeah Princess the... Yum Yum's room versus uh, Zigzags. His was like stars, celestial stars, and hers were it was a different pattern. But like that was lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 
visually there was lots of good things yeah. and i think the miramax uh did a disservice to the animation by doing the the narration to by adding the narration yeah and not which letting... i think was actually allied filmmakers but yeah well yeah the the that cut like it did a disservice to it um, well they I, yeah i'm not sure if the narration i think the narration was added there the the thief's monologue was added by Miramax, but I think the narration was there that Miramax just had Matthew Broderick redub it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, like I like the recobbled version for letting the animation speak for itself and yes. and letting the audience follow it without being felt the need to tell them what's going on. Before we um ask the this in live action question, um, which I'm sure we have yeah, that immediately. You got opinions on it. I realized that there was a couple of notes on voice actors that I need to uh, give um, before we completely move on from that topic. Um, Zigzag, uh, Vincent Price was hired to make the villain more enjoyable for Williams, the director, as he was a great fan of Vincent Price's work and Zigzag was based on two people that Williams hated. <laughs> How silly. Um, so in the recobbled cut, in the credits, it says that Tax voice actor is Sean Connery. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Fun okay. fact. I hated it. According to Williams, Sean Connery was going to record Tax one line, but never showed up at the studio. Ah! So, so the line was instead performed by a friend of his wife's. However, Connery's name remains credited in the end credits of the recovered cut version. Oh, oh my goodness. That's silly yeah and his oh friend is gosh. bad <laughs> yes. oh my God. but um yeah it's someone kind of attended to do a sean connery thing but they're like sean connery their voice is very deep so in the recobbled cut the cobbler doesn't talk at all ever until the very end <laughs> in a scene we won't describe what the scene's about but he takes the uh, he takes attack out of his mouth and says Oh, it says words and his voice is super deep. <laughs> yeah, so jarring. Alarmingly deep. <laughs> yeah. um, King Nod, uh, voiced by two different people. In the Miramax version, it's Clive Ravel. Um, and in the original, it is Anthony Quayle. But interestingly, in the Miramax version, you can still hear Quayle's performance during the scene where uh, the king gives a speech to the crowd. They just kept him doing that. They didn't re-record that. So oh, that's oh just quail goodness. the whole time. They're like, oh, oh we goodness. forgot to do that, They're guys. like, it's close enough. Yeah. Whoa. And lastly, um, Fido, the um, vulture. Vulture. Yes. Yeah. Um, in the original, voiced by Donald Pleasance. In the Miramax version, voiced by Eric Bo- uh, Bogo- Bog- Bogosian. Yeah. Um, who, if you don't know who that is, he played Captain Danny Ross in Law and Order Criminal Intent. Which one's that one? Uh-oh. Oh, we gotta look. Yeah, uh, let me look up this guy. Oh, that guy. Oh, okay. This okay. guy. Okay. He voiced Fido when Fido talked. Sure. <laughs> Instead of just making and, hacking and right noises. And in, in the Miramax. Miramax. In the Miramax. When he had to like uh, when he uh, actually said say. words. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. What would this movie have been like if it were live action? Oh, <laughs> you couldn't. Do you, you think you would have enjoyed no, it as much? No, you couldn't have done it. I mean, if you did, it would be. It would really be similar to Aladdin. I think fundamentally there's yeah. not a whole lot to this movie's plot. Mm-mm. So removing the animation aspect, I don't know that there's a lot there that would make it worth viewing. And yeah. and the and you wouldn't have been able to do even a fraction of the shenanigans that the thief did. No, Just you'd not have to fundamentally change how, how all that stuff works. And then some yeah. of the best parts of the movie 
is the thief. Well, no. is the animation and like the yes. perspective, yes. the 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 patterns. That, that's the that stuff they that, like with. you said, that sticks that's the thing with that you. Stuck with me. So how how would they do that live action in such a impactful way? Yeah, like frankly, I don't think the story of this is is like holds up by itself, and that would be the main thing making even connecting it if it were live action yeah so I, yeah i don't think it would work at all like the reason to watch this movie is because of the animation not because amazing plot yeah. and characters yeah and so much of what you all what's so enjoyable about the thief is that he is oblivious to the world around him he is laser focused on whatever he's trying to steal so he's just his momentum is moving forward as he's going after the object there's all kinds of chaos that may be breaking around him and that's what is so visually fun there's no way you could you could portray that in live action i mean it just wouldn't be doable and not interesting the only thing i can i mean when would they do stuff where people are walking and things are falling behind them they've done that in like Pie to the Caribbean, where they was walking and the ship was being destroyed behind him, but that looked like fake and and not that good. It's a lot harder to integrate that. And and maybe now as the technology gets better, but also uh, it makes me think of kind of the Hobbit, um, Legolas and jumping on the barrels and stuff like that. Cause cause yeah, like he he seemed unaffected by the world around him in certain ways. Yeah, and and you can integrate that way better in animation than you can. In computers because are with CG because because well the thing is that CG is still also animation well, so yeah, you're yeah. still to do anything approaching what happened in this you're still going to have to have animators yeah but they don't only have to animate it well they have to make it look realistic yes. and make actual actors at least some of the time interact with it yeah if it's not a real actor then you have to try to make a cg person look real but also do these things it's yeah. just yeah 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 what what happens in, in the things where there's tons of cg elements is things look like weightless things look like they're not a part of the real world and and it makes it less interesting it, it hits that kind of uncanny valley where it's like oh this is just fake when it's animation, you're like, of course it's fake. Like, this is hand-drawn animation or this is traditional animation. I'm already in this world. And, yeah. like, I can be in here and not have a brain picking apart the things that are fake in it. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think it would it would hold up in live action. And I also think it would be a completely different story in live action. Just I think the, it would have to be essence. to be interesting. Yeah. yeah. The whole essence of, of what makes this... this enjoyable would be gone so let's talk about sound design first before we go sound design and music before we get to songs okay okay um i thought that the opening music was really different but also really nice in general i thought this which one which one for uh recobbled cut yes i like i thought in general the recobbled cuts use of music um i i I don't know how much of it was exactly what was intended or approximations of it but in general its choices were a lot better than miramax's music i never thought about besides the songs which you have to but like the background music isn't something that ever stood out to me no i wrote down basically for a movie that's so visually interesting 
for the Miramax version, it's a shame that the music was so generic. Yes. It was boring. It was, like, wacky at times. It wasn't It wasn't good. It wasn't interesting. But, no, like, with the intro for the recobbled version, it just, it felt like, oh, this fits. Like, with the, the flutes it and does, things yeah. like that. Like, like, oh, this is way nicer than whatever they were doing with the Miramax. It brought you, yeah, it, 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 it was the music in the recobbled literally helped set the mood and it and it would and it very much fit the animation so i'm gonna i'm gonna call out the composer of the released versions and that is robert folk you did a very boring job sorry um for the (laughs) for the recobbled cut or for the original version it has listed several people and that's david berman peter shade and david cullen so whatever amount of their work was in the version of the recobbled cut that we saw great yeah, it was yeah. good. Um, yeah, there was William Tell Overture in the Miramax version. Oh yeah, they, like, there was even why what oh, it was oh, it's yes. just boring choices. They did use um what is that song from the end of Fantasia? The Balrog one. Dun, dun, oh dun, dun, yeah, dun. I don't know what it's called. I can't though. remember what it's called. That was used in both versions. Cut it. I will. The scene <laughs> where the thief gets beat up by um the um who he. learn later as the nurse um is more comical without the thief making much sound and because then the besides the visuals the uh, focus becomes the loud noises of all of his stuff flying out and him being hit against the ground and stuff and it it just felt more comical yes I, i put in general, now without his dialogue overall, that the emphasis on this on the thief scenes, besides obviously the visuals, is now the sound effects and the music. Yes. Um. And and it's it's always more enjoyable. Yeah, way. like him in the water, like splashing his hands, yes. swimming away. The sound effects, yeah, were great. Yeah. Yeah. The the sharp sound effect when he collapses to the ground after hitting all the awnings, and he's like kind of stumbles around. Oh, that was so good. That was a good sound effect. Yeah. Very good sound effects. Nice Foley work. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, and I put in the in the opening thing when Zigzag's minions um, are coming towards the screen or whatever, you can actually like hear them. And yes. You couldn't really hear them in the Miramax version. No, you couldn't. Um, but you can actually hear them now. Is there anything else before we get to the songs? Hold on. I forgot to mention in the Miramax version, they had some choices for the, uh, the brigands' voices. There are like random accents in there. And I'm like, why? This is distracting. In the mirror, yeah, in the Miramax version. Yeah. And also, too, is I don't know if we directly addressed voice acting, did we? We, we, we did some, so. We did some. Let's but yeah, yeah, finish up about... some comments. No, I know. I did. Yeah, but overall, I mean, I think, I don't know if we did a consensus. Yeah. I think the voice acting was was good in both. I mean, Jonathan Winters, again, you know, of course, Vincent Price was phenomenal in both. He was the best, yes. And, and Matthew Broderick was was. Fine. I mean, his his voice was He's fine. fine. It was what he just was given not... to do. He did well, exactly. But <laughs> it was, but the but the voice and and all of the musical score, all of the sound effects were just so much more enjoyable and and made the story so much more complete and enjoyable in the recobbled version. I think the, the re- brigands in both versions were voiced by Josh Ackland, Joss Ackland, Peter Clayton, Derek Henson, Declan McCollend, Mike uh-huh. Nash, Dermot uh, Walsh, and Ramsey Williams. Uh-huh. The Miramax version added Geoff Golden, Tony Scannell, and Rick Mayall. So you can blame them slash the people who directed them for the choices you didn't like. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> why? What? 
Uh, and then actually, Princess Yum Yum. Oh, except actually, if we're gonna, if also part of the oh, voice you're talking about is when the they scene. sang. I don't remember. They were voiced by Randy Crenshaw, Kevin Dorsey, Roger Freeland, Nick Jameson, Bob Joyce, Carrie Katz, Ted King, Michael Lanning, Raymond McLeod, Rick Charles Nelson, and Scott Rommel. So you could also blame them in their direction. Sure. <laughs> Why are you calling these people out? <laughs> Um, it's probably their direction yeah no Uh, and actually I think I like Princess Yum Yum's voice better in the Miramax though let me tell you who did each Um, the recobbled she didn't do too she actually because she didn't like sing and stuff her, I think her overall lines were like much smaller. Yeah. So she didn't uh, have a lot of impact Sarah Crow and the original Jennifer Beals in the Miramax I think I know who that is Jennifer Beals sounds like a name I recognize. Yes. Bobby Page is who sang. Yeah, like that was fine. Yeah. But but yeah, I think I liked the Miramax Yum Yum better. Also, I'd just like to point out that Laughing Brigand, whoever that is, is actually voiced by Richard Williams, the guy who, who made oh, this thing. Oh, so. hmm. uh, Is that... Was, I didn't like that Laughing Camel. I'm just going to tell you right now. Yeah, I did. I like the Laughing Camel more in the Recobbled because its laugh wasn't as obnoxious. Sure, but I also didn't like it. No, I didn't like it. It was just creepy and I didn't like it. Early call for least favorite character, that Laughing Camel. (laughs) That's not really a character. (laughs) Um, No, it's not really a character. So let's talk about the songs that are only in the Miramax version. They're boring. Yeah. Um, I, Except I, liked, I like the I like the tune and the beat of the Brigand song. I don't like the. Words, I think the all lyrics. of the songs are catchy, annoying. They get stuck in my head, so they're not like poorly done as far as trying to be catchy. They're just not interesting songs. I did like during the She Is More sequence the murals of her growing up, though those were cute. Yeah, but yeah, like you mentioned, her dancing feels weird in that <laughs> whole scene. What are you doing? She's just like dancing around, but like the rest of the scene is static, and it just feels weird. Yeah, her nurse is just like she does this every day, and I have to like get her veil on while she's twirling around. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know what I love? Sorry, thinking yeah. of. The veil. The why wear the veil? Everything was see through. Like literally, just this veil. Yeah, I don't know. I don't okay. know. Um, after the "Am I Feeling Love" song, the cobbler has trouble getting to the cell window, but he was easily at that window during that song, just yes. like singing out into this night just sky, holding himself up as he sings because he yeah. has. Yeah, he he's attached to a huge ball, a huge. But also the, the window's also the window's really there. high exactly. up. But you don't. They don't show him struggling to get up there during that song. But then immediately after the song is the scene that is in the recobbled cut where he struggles to get up yeah. there yeah. which they, is weird they shafted the mouse character in the Miramax version yeah. I like that mouse this little white mouse that becomes his little friend yes yeah. and they're like and Matthew Broderick's like he's some something about his new friends yeah. and it's like you don't need to, to say that like we, see, we see them you're giving them bread stop it yeah <laughs> the brigand song is bad uh, it especially doesn't make sense because like they start the scene by having to read a book and then the song mentions them not being literate like multiple times the I, song mentions I'm like, that what are you talking about they and like read he some. reads it slowly like he's clearly not comfortable with reading but he can read 
I didn't like it. Yeah. It's also just it's just a bad like it's badly it's a bad song. Like <laughs> it's the, the chorus the, is the great, chorus is but... catchy, but then they just have these random asides that is basically just them repeating that they're illiterate in yes. different ways. Like, it's, we're dumb idiots. It's, That's exactly. the song. It's terrible. Yeah. And then in in the credits, there's one more song, which is It's So Amazing, which is also basically a love song. Um, it's, it's a song that's they're in the all, credits. They're all catchy, and each of them have gotten stuck in my head at different points. None of them are good, and none of them enhance the story or characters in any way. She is more as necessary in creating the arc for, the, for Princess Yum Yum that they foisted upon the movie. Yeah. But she didn't need it. Like... Mm-hmm. She could have, her, her, she wasn't written well in the original no. anyways, so trying to give her this plot doesn't help because this plot is exactly what Jasmine did, but like way worse. Yeah, yeah, Jasmine did it better. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Um, any other notes about the, the music? Um, no. <laughs> I love the tone ever about uh. the music. Yeah, no, not again. There was just. It was so much better just having instrumental and songs in the cobbled, recobbled version. Uh, not a fan of the Miramax. Let's go to the part of our podcast that it's named after. How's it hold up? Uh, <laughs> so let's um, talk about stuff that is in Miramax and or both first. Okay. And my only note for that is that affects both of them is that Yum Yum's body and posing not great. Oh my no, gosh, she's super she's super and tiny long. thin and then she constantly takes poses that are like showing off her figure and I hate it. Well, not I only mean, that, but literally it's hard not to show it off. I know. Literally the way her, they structure her. Yeah. Her waist literally is is long and is as thin as like a leg or an arm. Yeah. It's yeah. so it's it's boobs really tiny like teeny, like literally and then like big big hips, hips. yeah it's she, just she oh. has no organs and it's real annoying yep and two is the structure that the problem i have too is like with the veil and everything else is her pants were like see-through yeah it's yeah. just offensive it, it's just <laughs> so oh my gosh yeah it's not it's it's not interesting it's it's boring it's it's not like oh it's just the style like no that's, that's yeah. garbage like it's not good any other non-recobbled cut notes? Uh, so oh. it, whenever, whenever uh, a recobbled cut, or non-recobbled, non-recobbled cut. Yeah, like he gets zigzag gets to, or can I? No, yeah, that's that's before spoilers. Yeah, he gets to uh, one eye's place, and you see on seeing one eye, and I'm like, is one eye sitting on ladies? I'm and like, the answer is yes. Yes, <laughs> that's ladies. Uh-huh. Ladies there, and then we saw the uh, recobbled, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> some ladies there." Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 There. Oh my gosh. You can also tell because when they open the curtain to the tent, it shows um, Zigzag's face and starts moving out a little bit, but then it cuts directly to him sitting on the throne. Yeah. Whereas in the recobbled cut, it zooms out, shows all these ladies like dancing in the tent. And then it also zooms. And then perspective thing like zooms out of one eye's eye, which that's a cool, which that's a cool thing, but the ladies, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the recobble, it goes so far as to, he's like on a shea of ladies. And then he's like thrown and they like, 
flip into throne position. I'm like, that's terrible. Yeah. What are you doing? It's literally women as objects. It's so bad. It's real gross. Well, it, and I get so tired of this, the, the tropes, even for example, when the, when the cobbler is being dragged into the castle and he looks up at the love at first sight because you know his line of course the Matthew Broderick in the Miramax is that she's so beautiful so it's like okay you don't even know her but you're madly in love with her because of her looks mm-hmm. i get so sick and tired of that yeah and the and the recobbler just kind of like they look at each other and like oh interesting and then yeah. later is when they actually start like feeling yeah things. there's a cute little exchange with the heart with the, the string and then her heart flowers and I'm like oh that's yeah cute. And, they, and they both like kind of look away and they're like blushing yeah they get the red face like that's cute yeah, yeah. But, um yeah. oh also some of the lines in the Miramax version were very annoying of the thief no it was the zigzags guys whenever they they had the the orbs and somebody one of the the uh, guys were like uh, something about a pregnant lady coming through or something like that. Yeah, I mean, just and so, uh, what else is there? So much something about being like, well, this isn't, but it's like I'm so hungry, I could eat a vegetarian. Like, okay, when whatever. He, when he, uh, when the thief wants to steal the ruby, he keeps referring to the statue as statue of the fat guy, uh, like yeah. again and again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like okay, it's like a boob or whatever. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just and you you mentioned the mom thing. The ongoing thing with the, uh, are, are we do, are we done with Miramax or no? Well, I'm I'm trying to think of the other quotes because we already sort of talked some about the original woman with because the, of woman with a baby. That was the line. Yeah, yeah. So again, with the house kind of house it hold up. We talked about it already. Is the the structuring the oh if I only had a son to do this versus yeah. like as if she couldn't. But again, that was for her jazz. Yeah, it's just so line. tired, and it's like. We've seen that story, and it's not interesting, and it's it's just sexist at this point because of how often it's repeated. Like that, this is the only story that ladies have. Like, and I, I even just, Jasmine's yeah. story, it doesn't have like a oh, I wish I had a son. Yeah, yeah. I again, I guess, just back to the visuals of the females and the female body. I am so sick of it. It's like the worst version of a video game where you just have this, you know, woman that you're going around. And you keep seeing, you know, rear end shots and boob shots, and and I'm just <laughs> sick like of Mass it. Effect. <laughs> Miranda Lawson. I'm so sick of it. It's like guys slow get a grip. pan. Up. Yeah, it's like men that are doing this animation get a flippin' grip. I'm so sick of this. We love Mass Effect, don't get Gosh. me wrong, but there are some very obnoxious it's just choices. Ridiculous. Uh, okay, so I think quote wise, there's some annoying quotes. But that recobbled version. Whew. So it introduced some wholly different things that were edited out, um, like the one that we talked about with the uh, one eye girls. We have another note on them that'll be in spoilers. Um, but the general has it hold upness of them is it doesn't it's gross um yeah they're all objectified they're in very again scant clothing yeah. but they're just and they're literally like used to make shirt. objects yeah um the ongoing thing with the king and his consort oh that sure is gross whoa. isn't it whoa, there, there's, there's all you you don't think heavens you don't have to see her too oh, man. but you see our this eye, eye this yeah. long eyelash um, and she's in this little like portable tent, almost like the little things where you see, you know, people supposedly changing into beach clothes, some kind of little yeah. small tent that she's inside. What's, where is she from? Maiden from Mombasa. 
That's all that she's yeah. ever referred to as. Yeah, so he, so like Zigzag brings her in, and, and he's everybody's like, mm-hmm. like Mombasa. Like yeah, they're like, like, oh yeah, Mombasa. Oh. We all know that they're sexy, I guess. Yeah, and so what they cut out from the Miramax is when the thief goes up the pipes. <laughs> The first room he goes I into forgot somehow. is the room with the king and the consort. Well, he goes into the bathroom, but then you can yes, see. Yes, yes, yes. And you see that the king is in there with her. But can, do you he does he peek out from a thing? Yeah. From the tent he, thing? You can just hear him at first, and then the and thief her, accidentally flushes himself, and then the king looks out because he's like, what was that? Yes. So, like, they're in there, and yeah. you're like, wow, I didn't need to know that. But also Princess Yum Yum, when Zigzag first brings, I want to say, co- you know, concubine is what they're making her. Consort. More or less. Consort. Um, yeah, consort is, you know, kind of like, she she makes like dad uh, disgusted. She's like she uh, says, like yes. she she strongly insinuates that this is not the first time that this sort of thing has happened. Yes, yes, yes. And so so this is why I think. Wait, wait, we're not done with that subplot though, because then there's the whole polo scene. Yes, and and they're all sitting there on the thing, and there's just the square with the curtains where the maiden is in, and. And the king just has his hand in there what for, like, the whole scene. gross. <laughs> he pulls it's it out, like, like, once. To, like, say something to Zigzag or something yes, like that. But, it's, but he puts it back in there. And he looks so bored and tired the whole time. What is he doing with that hand? I don't want to know, but... It's just so gross. It's Sorry, really nasty. Men, like, you can what? be sick and gross. So just gross. Like, what? She's, she is not wrong. Basically, Gosh, in that story, I like being a lesbian. That's that's it unnecessary. You barf. don't need it. Even even if you're trying to say like Zigzag is distracting him or something. But it also it's just cast him in a terrible well, again, light too. You're just yes. objectifying women. In essence, the, you, what you're you're showing women being raped without saying they're being raped. They're talking about. I mean, it's like disgusting. And and she, like she has no point. No. Like I feel like the last time you kind of see it's that characterization thing, for the king, and that's it. it and but it's you gross. don't need it. So like, yeah, yikes. Oh, but there's that's, also a line. Sorry. Along the thing is when the brigands are going to attack the caravan where they're like, you know, caravan food and women and women. It's like, okay, let's go rape and pillage. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So like when it comes to ladies, movie, no good. When it comes to race. It's also bad. (laughs) (laughs) The guards are kind of weirdly purple in the Miramax version for some reason. And yeah. I and I was like, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of Jinx from Pokemon. Mr. And Popo I know what, from and, Dragon Ball Z. And I know what the reason that their that their skin color was changed in both of those. Is it similar? The answer is yes. Yeah. They are dark black in the recobbled cut. They have big googly eyes and they have big thick red lips. They look like that one meme from forever ago that I remember where it shoots the laser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That racist, just that racist character is like, it was. Yeah. it's that, but on the, that's their face. Yeah, but that just like racist style of animating black people is terrible. Yeah. Why? You didn't need to do that. <sighs> I mean, they can be black, but they don't have to be. They don't have like to look that. like that. But also, they're kind of in a subservient position, so maybe don't make them black. Right? Yeah. Uh, and also, or, or maybe have, like, more black people. There's some crowd scenes. There could be black people there. There isn't. <laughs> yeah, so race, also bad. Yeah. Does yes. not hold up well. So, yes, this... Uh, 
if you are interested in animation, you should probably watch the recobbled cut, but be aware that it is even more sexist than the baseline of the Miramax cut, like notably so, yeah, and also and a racist. Yeah, a lot of gross, <laughs> disgusting, offensive it removes the it, it removes the sort of sexist plot line that Princess Yum Yum has, but injects stuff that is kind of objectively much worse. Oh yeah, it doesn't inject, but allows to like exist then, yeah. like, as it was originally intended, Right, apparently. yeah, just... Whew, anything else for uh, this section? God, that was yeah, that was so offensive, off, off-putting, just, yeah, not pleasing at all. Um, very, very offensive. Isms. Anything that's not spoilers. I don't. Yeah, I have in my notes. Ladies, this furniture is not a good look. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's a bad look. And then in my notes, what color were the guard skin? <laughs> and it's like, oh, and oh yeah, and they the guard showed up a lot more. I felt like in the recobble, I I think they cut them out. No, I think they were yeah, definitely like, cut out as much as possible. We're going to recolor where we have to, and just like remove where we don't. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oof. Well, um, if that's all, then we will go on to our spoiler alert. Skip to one hour, 22 minutes and 43 seconds. So, um, I don't really, I, I guess my main, my main, oh, oh, I could have notes. I accidentally looked it up here. I can't remember what it is. In the Miramax version, um, the ending sequence goes by really quick. Yes. Like the establishment, uh, the establishing stuff of the one eyes being there real quick. And then tack is figured out to, sh- to like shoot his tack or whatever. I mean, he, and it's all done. She yelled it at him a lot. Yeah. And so then, then it's all attack, done. Attack, attack, attack. And in the, yeah, yes, which isn't how she says it. And the other one, um, in the recobbled cut, um, she's, she's said something about you have attack. It's knowing how to use it or something like that. It's like, okay, sure. Um, but then in the recobbled cut, you have a lot of establishing stuff. Like the king is running around trying to prepare everything. And then you have the big war machine pull up and you get like a whole bunch of shots of everything in it and everything. You get shots of our heroes like racing because the brigands are very good at running. That's their one thing that they're good at (laughs) is running away. And so they're running real fast to try to get there and stuff. Like there's a lot better set up to this big climactic scene that mm-hmm. makes it feel more impactful that I definitely liked. Then um, with the whole sequence, when the tack starts breaking stuff and stuff gets set on fire, the, the shots that show how stuff's happening, make it track better yes, than, than when they cut out a lot of that. in in the Miramax version, um, like you can, you can track how that is working a lot better. Um, and then the cobbler enters the scene and, it's fun, but it gets very indulgent. Sorry, the thief enters the machine because he sees the golden balls up atop. And then it gets very interesting, but also very indulgent. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes on arguably definitely too long. Yeah, like that was like, oh, this is kind of boring. Yeah, <laughs> like, like there's good stuff in there, but just cutting a little bit out of it and, and tightening that just a little would make it feel as epic and kooky as it's supposed to without dragging yeah. like it does. And, and it, it, of course it suffers from it not being fully animated. Yes, You're of like, course. It's like, okay, I get the the wish of this scene, but I, I'm not seeing it, so it's not as interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but even if it was fully animated, I think, I, I mean, I assume you guys would agree that 
it was just a little too long. Yeah. Yes. Um, I thought um, an interesting thing is that the Allied Films version added several things, uh, subplots and stuff, like I mentioned. It also added the thing where Zigzag pushes Tech out of the way and kidnaps Yum Yum, um, who then throws his horse off balance, and then Tech stitching him up and him hopping on, and him having his foot falls on a tack, and then he falls into the pit. Yeah. Uh, from what I can understand in the original version, the idea was just that he, as the stuff starts falling apart, he starts running away yeah. and then falls into the pit. Ah. But here they like set up how that happened a little more and had a bit more of a fight between them Yes, to to move to it. And the recobbled cut still used that to make sense of the whole scene. Yeah, and it, it pulls in all the character, or like yeah. those main characters. I think it's better. And then of course... Um, it's actually the Miramax version that cut One Eye's death. And instead, you just hear him yell, My machine! as the war machine burns. Yeah. But in the uh, Allied Pictures version and the recobbled cut, the um, you do see One Eye's death, which he seems to get flattened by his servant girls who turn on him as, yes. as his empire's crumbling. They're like, Oh, well, we don't need to follow you anymore, so we're just going to kill you. Yeah. Like, Which good on you girls, yes. but also that subplot was still yes. gross. So, yeah. Yeah. oh, I liked the thing where after the thief comes out with with the balls, him and um and the cobbler have more of a back and forth, and like the thief just basically like gives up and is like, "This is way too much trouble for yeah. this. Yeah. I'm done with this." And leaves. Yes. He of yeah. course doesn't say that. He just because he doesn't talk but yeah and unfortunately that turn. scene unfortunately that scene is just storyboarded um but you, it's storyboarded enough to totally get what would happen there whereas in the miramax version like he he like he's confronted by the king and he's just kind of like oh, i guess i'll do the right thing is what his inner monologue says and he gives yeah. it but in in the recobbled cut he's not trying to do the right thing he just finally decides that this is all too much for these stupid things <laughs> and he just lets Let's the cobbler have it and walks away. Mm-hmm. Because he's, uh, yeah, the, the the thing that's endearing about the cobbler's characterization and character is kind of like... Cobbler or thief? Oh, I did say cobbler. I meant the thief. The, about the thief. Is kind of like, you know, the, the bubbles, bubbles, or, you know, squirrel, squirrel. You know, he is... He has he, a one-track mind. Yeah, his one-track mind, but but he can be distracted. So he can. So even though he had was after these golden balls, when they became too much trouble, then okay, he's just going to turn to something else. I mean, he his his life seems to be stealing one thing after another, after another, after another. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was just on to something else. Because <laughs> um, and then the cobbler and the princess get married um yes and that's the end of the movie and there's (laughs) some and there's yeah and in the recobbled cut he takes out the pen and in a super deep voice says i love you (laughs) very strange (laughs) um in the miramax version it's still just matthew broderick and and he says i love you or whatever um he takes this tack out of his mouth still but it has no meaning at that point because he's done that like multiple times throughout the movie um and then matthew broderick has some really boring um, lines about stuff Log, yeah. and the stupid thing that you already mentioned with like they the the like and they hired the thief onto the royal guard and then the king let him steal one last thing which is apparently the words the end yeah. which doesn't make and any the whole movie actually <laughs> it's just yeah. weird yeah so in both versions with regardless of the context given for it the thief like it shows the end 
and then the thief comes up and steals each letter and then he just steals the whole roll of film and, and runs off yeah um yeah that's, and he's that's an ending <laughs> yeah like it's it it's fun and i think that ending works better without the Miramax okay. version yes. because it still just feels true to the character. Yeah, yeah. Fun. And I don't know if we completely articulated this, but, you know, since we're still in spoiler section, is that the tack, again, the the cobbler's name is tack and he has the yeah, tack. Yeah, he like fires is it. Attack, but it was one tack that set off a chain of events yeah. that was like a domino like clang, effect. Clang, yeah. Hits just, the horse. Yeah. The horse like, that zigzag is on and zigzag falls back and his spear like cuts a rope and that set a chain of events like a domino effect that literally destroyed the entire war machine which was a physical machine as well as all of you know which in turn yeah the troops and everything was destroyed oh and we also didn't talk about zigzag's death oh yes yeah i just want to say that that it was like a rube Rube goldberg Goldberg machine is what i was trying to think of this whole time yeah the chain of events that starts destroying it very much yeah Yeah. it's like this falls on this that's these uh trebuchets going which breaks this but anyway yes his death so he he steps on attack after he gets tied up and he falls into a pit where the alligators are earlier when he went to the one eye he tried to impress them that one eye wasn't impressed and was like you're a beast charmer huh charm these alligators and throws them into a pit of alligators he does charm the alligators by promising that he'd give them plump food later yes um so but then at the end of the movie he falls back into the pit and it just shows his eyes and mouth, and same with the alligators. Yes. And they and start eat, and they start eating him. He's like my bottom, yeah, my top. Greedy things, won't you ever stop? And then the um, his pet um, Fido, yes. Fido fly, flies down, and then also eats him. Um, and, like takes off his head. Yeah, he has he has like a thing about man's best friend and bird bird something, and and you see the. Um, the teeth of of uh, go bird. go around his eye mouth situation, and it before he actually closes it, it cuts away in the Miramax version. But in the recobbled cut, he closes it all the way. Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, which fe- definitely feels a bit more brutal. I understand why they cut that. Um, yeah, uh, it reminded me, which I guess I should say in the full thing, his rhyming game is really on point. Oh yeah, with the writing, they did a very good job. Yes. Vincent Price can really deliver that well. I know. I love you. Anything else spoilers? We are already at like an hour, 24 minutes. But yeah, anything else with spoilers before we move on to favorites? I don't think so. All right. Well, that's it for spoilers. So let's go on to our favorites. Before favorites. Oh, sure. uh, I did want to say that there was a line that I missed. Oh, yeah. uh, That uh, Matthew Broderick delivered. Oh, boy. Who needs a genie when attack will do the trick? They're like, we're not Aladdin, we promise. <laughs> anyway, let's go. <laughs> Least favorite scene. Least favorite, the one with, uh, in the, in, the in, in both versions or in each, if it's different for both. Recobbled, it is a tie between the, uh, ladies flipping into furniture, flipping from shade to, to throne, uh, or the scene with the king and, in the consort for 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 me for the recobbled it is definitely the maiden from mobasa's intro and introduction of that whole plot line happening Uh, yes from from the for me from miramax's version it is am i feeling love i hate that the their romance song i just dislike it 
Yeah, maybe like some of the. It's a spe- and it's so weird seeing the cobbler sing, and I just hate it. Yeah, that's fair. I think maybe like brigand stuff too. I just not into that it. That one's bad, but it just it doesn't bother me as much as seeing the cobbler sing yeah, and just this stupid fair. forced love song and the weird contradictory thing it introduces with him easily up at that window, but then immediately after that has a hard time getting to the window. It's just yeah. What yeah. about you? Um. I just very much just like the scenes you all you all talked about, but I guess mine is the same in both uh, Miramax and Recobbled because it got even worse in Recobbled, and that was the scene where Zigzag comes in to deliver the news because it's so uh, you know objectifying with Yum Yum like well what and the th-, you know and how the dumb King is just like sleeping half the time and then what and 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 sure go ahead as he's going to sleep yeah whatever you think Zigzag so you know to kill him yeah where she that whole just I hate that and then it was even disgusting with the you know with the the concubine yeah, yeah with the concert. recobbled with having yeah yeah um, you're like either way don't like this scene yeah right favorite scene same for both of me again mm-hmm. and my favorite scene is the thief um doing the pole vault to try to to getting the three balls i just love that because not specifically both- that but the whole Thief trying to get the golden balls yes. is my favorite. Because both. the pole vault and both because and it, it, because he stretches out his little toes, he touches it. Just it's great that yeah. whole thing. And it really shows his perseverance. Yes, yes. yeah. I yes. guess I guess mine would be the uh, chase scene between the thief and the. That cobbler. was my close second. Again, like that was the that, that one probably still actually yeah does that stick is out to in my most. head of like seeing them run through and it kind of splitting to where he's in a lower part and he's in higher. Like, the play with perspective. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. No, that's fair. That is definitely my close second. And I agree that that's what sticks out to me the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, least favorite character? I think in the recobbled, maybe the king, just because of that whole concert thing. That's gross. It's real gross. Next would be Yum Yum because she's just not interesting. She doesn't do much. Uh, in the Miramax, the king is boring, but not gross. Um, yeah. And actually, I'm glad you said that because I was like, I know that I thought about this. Um, but actually it was the king for me in both because again, I'm so sick of that trope, having a stupid brainless king or that just goes blindly follows a vizier or some kind of whatever. And you know, whatever you think. And, and, and the king was asleep, you know, and, and, and sexist, you know, towards yum, yum. And then disgusting and sexist and lecherous yeah. in the recobbled. So yeah. I just couldn't stand. He's not my either. least favorite character because i like him a decent amount after he finally takes a turn yeah yeah um my least favorite in both is fido um i soup i dislike fido the most in miramax because fido talking is unnecessary and i hate it sure no offense to the actor whose name i said previously and i'm not gonna look up again um (laughs) but i also don't like him in the in the recobbled cut either he makes a lot of gross raspy noises that i don't enjoy hearing I, I I I just don't enjoy his presence very yeah, much. Yeah, I think they did a good job introducing him and his motivation. I don't think he shouldn't have been in it. He's yeah. just my least favorite. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I guess King for me for the other one too, just because he's boring. Favorite character? I mean, Zigzag. His his voice acting is so good. Vincent Price, amazing. In like both versions. 
Like, he's not not a good dude, but, like, very entertaining to watch and to see. I mean, who else? Me Anybody is just, else? Mine is just, is the nurse. I'm oh. sorry. I no, that's a good nurse. second, for sure. I love the nurse because she has those massive arms, but I just love her little shaky and the little putting on the glasses, you know, and then she has the big eyes with the glasses and just her whole little... Love her so much. That's fair. Just, that's fair. I just love the nurse. Zigzag is my close second because he's he's constant. He's great in both versions. Fortunately, like yeah. he's yeah. not damaged by either version because he's virtually the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, Vincent Price does an amazing job. My favorite in both versions is the thief. The, fair. I, yeah, I, love, I the thief, love the thief, and I do prefer I do prefer the thief silent. But the, I, I, and it's probably at least partly nostalgia is yeah. like, I, there's definitely a certain charm to the thief when he has his inner monologue stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and either way, like he, this, this movie would be so different without the thief and the thief just brings so much to it and i just enjoy watching all the scenes he's in yeah, i know great. and and you know yeah i mean i definitely would would second that i again just just for endearing you know the the nurse is my favorite favorite but yeah the very very close second is the thief because he make again he just makes yeah, he's great. Movie. i love yeah, him i, I, love I him think that's so a really much. good point about like considering how little like story there is to this like it's not in depth the thief just brings so much charm yeah. to it there's different ways of bringing charm depending on which version but i enjoy it regardless yeah i enjoy it more without the talking but i still enjoy it with it so because okay. like the miramax problem the miramax version the the talking that annoys me isn't really the thief overall there's a couple of lines and and Overall, yeah. could be less. But what really annoys me is Matthew Broderick's character. Yes. Not because Matthew Broderick does bad, but just all the dialogue that they have him say. Yes. I hate it. Um, so yeah, The Thief. I love him. Um, this movie was a musical. So what is your least favorite song in it? They're all boring. Uh, the one that she There's sang. only four. The, the one in the Miramax is the is the she song. She is more. She is more. Ugh, she barf. is more. She is more. <laughs> she is so... Much more. No, <laughs> I don't like any of them. Can I? Do My that? least favorite is "Bomb, Bomb, Bomb, Beam, Bomb." Is that the actual name of the song? Yes, that's such a dumb that's name. The brigand song. Bomb, 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 boom, 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 when you don't finish school. I hate it. It gets stuck in my head constantly, and I hate it. I love the beat. I love the beat. I don't like that. My favorite is like. I think my favorite song is "It's So Amazing," the song that plays in the credits, because it's just another perfect encapsulation of that trend in '90s movies, animated movies, of having that cheesy pop song at the end. Yeah. It's so amazing. Or if we're talking songs in... this is the most we've sung in... (laughs) Or if we're talking... I don't know what that says about this movie. Or me. Or me. Um, If we're talking songs that are actually in the movie instead of just the credits, I guess, Am I Feeling Love? Which I know that it's contradictory to have that scene be my least favorite scene and yet that be my favorite song. But that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> deal with it. I don't like them. I don't. I don't like. I don't like any of the songs. I'm not picking one because they're all. That's fa- that's a valid choice. Oh, we know this- we know what your favorite is, and it's the Brigand song. Well, I don't like the lyrics, but I like. But the, it's your favorite song. Yeah, I like the, Yeah, <laughs> it's just a catchy beat, and I love. What and character love would Tim Curry have okay, played if know, he were I in know, this I movie? Know. Yeah, but uh, you can go first. I, I mean, know. there's he could have been in a lot of places. Sure, cobbler, do it. 
The, the only word he says. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, keep, no. Keep it the recobbled. That That's spoilers. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, yeah. Have 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 it be like in the recobbled cut where he only says one line and he, and he takes the pen out of his mouth and he says and those just, words at the end and it's, it's Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. <laughs> it's just Tim Curry. My favorite would be the Brig in general. Yeah. He'd make a great Brig that'd in be, general. That'd be, I, I mean, personally, I think the guy who did him, which I'm not going to look up, I have it written down, but I think he did a great job. Oh, I, I do enjoyed too. it. He do actually too. is the only um, one of the main characters besides zigzag that was carried over through all versions yeah. yeah no he did a great job i just think but he tim would be curry. tim curry would be fun in yeah that. what about that um could voice. be the one-eyed king one-eye sure yeah like he could Ooh. be in a lot of places here if we're talking miramax version him doing the thief him doing the thief maybe i don't know that would, it would have Winters to it would be a darling. different take yeah, yeah different like i don't think you could jonathan winters no he, i think his I think jokes would have to change yeah i think for who they chose i think it was good no i enjoyed jonathan winters yeah I, yeah i i i that would be one of my the king choices. yeah the king could have been the king None of us will dare suggest Zigzag because Vincent Price is no. perfect as that. Yeah, he's, Vincent he's Price perfect. is just epic. Yeah. I love him so much. Um, yeah. uh, maybe the witch. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Maybe the maid. Not the uh, maid. The nurse. The nurse. The nurse. Yeah. Because he could he could do similar to as in um, yeah. Over the Garden Wall. Just yes. that voice. But for Whispers the nurse. Something. Yeah. And, well, sorry, and it may be too long and you can tell me you don't have to cut it, but Vincent Price, again, is just so epic and his voice <laughs> Mom's is like, so I amazing. need more time to I talk know, about I him. I need to say, but I actually got to, to hear him speak in person at a, in the university when I was, I went back in the day when I was at the university. And my favorite thing that he used to tell is that he, of course, was famous for doing all kinds of scary movies. Um, and he loved to sit in the back of the theater of hit movies that were playing, scary movies that he was playing. And when it got most intense, he would be behind someone and go, good evening, <laughs> and make them literally almost jump out of their seats. <laughs> what a cool yes, guy. <laughs> I know. I love Rizzo Rice. All right. But anyway, yeah, he's amazing. All right. Well, let's go on to overall consensus, um, both would you recommend either version and what you would rate each version. Man. <sighs> Gosh, this is good. It's okay if they're the same okay. rating, but like each, give each a rating. Okay, I mean, still, I don't, even though there's some really good visual things that I like, I don't think I can recommend these movies. Because, again, with the Miramax cut, it just, the way that they structured it, it just was harder to follow. The uh, narration makes it annoying because you're like yes i can see that happening why are you telling me this and then with the recobble the the like the ladies not a fan yeah uh the guards well that's rough and then it's it's hard to follow as a movie because it's not a full movie um, so, yeah, maybe if you're an animation person and want to see it, I mean, yeah, those scenes are really good, but some of that stuff is, like, this did not age well. <laughs> like, oof. Um, so, I I don't think they'll be the same rating. I think for the Miramax version, I will give it, like, a 1.75. And then for the recobbled version, I will give it, 2.25. All right. Okay. How about yeah. you, Mom? Very close with that. The I 
The only recommendation that I would have for this, I think, would be in a college setting. Sorry, I used to <laughs> I used to teach, you know, teachers at the university level, but literally for animation as well as for classes that talk about um, tropes and isms, it would be a great example of how you can, you know, sexualize, objectify women, and as well as women of color, you know, with the the how you dress them and how you can, you know, that fantasy, and savage, of like, whatever. And of like how you can create something that has obvious, significant artistic value and yet soil it yeah. by yeah. having these things yeah, and not choices. thinking about Undermine the these quality things. or the yeah, yeah, because the the artistic value is amazing. And but then it has this stuff and that exactly. inherently just makes it less than yeah, it would exactly. have been. Yeah. But I think it would be a great example at the university level. I can think of, I mean, of several courses, multiple courses, especially in the communication and field. And of course, this whole time you have been talking about the Miramax for, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, both. Yeah, yeah, both. Both. But 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 really, the uncobbled version is, is what we really... Recobbled, sorry. Re- uncobbled. Don't uncobble it. <laughs> He's uncobbled the Miramax. I have uncobbled oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, the recobbled version. Um, ooh, as far as rating, actually, I was going to go 1.5 for the Miramax. Oh. And I was just going to go up to, to a 2 for the recobbled version because it has so much artistic value that's added with the with the sound with taking away the the voice acting of the you know with taking away almost all of the voice acting of the cobbler and then all of it from the thief just so much artistic value there mm-hmm. so i'm going to give it a 2 all right i would give the miramax version I've been waffling mm, 1.25 just below abysmal, but um, significantly better than the All Dogs Go to Heaven sequels. Um, because I would much rather watch that than those any day. Fair. Yeah, <laughs> um, like there's good things. Yeah, um, but it's just not, it's not a good movie um, by any stretch of the imagination. And I would not recommend the Miramax version. Um, the Recobbled Cut, I would go with too. And I would recommend it but not to everyone. I would recommend it to people who are very interested in animation because it's pretty much essential viewing in that case um, to at least see it once and to like just have those scenes in your head, you know? But for the average person, I wouldn't recommend it. Like All Dogs Go to Heaven, which I, the original, which I also rated a two, I would recommend to everyone to just, to, to watch it, like see how, See how it, it takes you. And I would much rather rewatch that, even though I'm giving them both the same rating. Um, but this one is a must-see if you're interested in animation. Otherwise, probably wouldn't recommend the recobbled cut either. So and, yeah. yeah, and also even even um, you know, uh, directors and and you know, film design design, you know, all of that in the animation industry. Sure, yeah. I think it would Just be people a if good you are scene. interested in animation it being involved with it at any point in the industry, yeah, you yeah. should check this out. Because again, they're used to perspectives. You should check it out not only done. because of the amazing animation in it. But to take it as a cautionary tale yeah. of why you have to rein your ambitions in to some extent. Yeah. Because there's stuff in there that's amazing, 
but it never was finished. Yeah. And the reason it was never finished was because the director didn't know how to rein in his ambitions. Yeah. And so ultimately it ended up in the state that it is. And there's, there's a couple of other animated movies that had really long troubled production cycles. And a lot of them did ultimately get finished. This one, unfortunately won't be, he's dead. Like he died earlier in 2019. Wow. Um, so like, I'm hoping that at some point they might release um, the version that he showed to a, a small audience at some point that, from what I understand, is even closer to done. But, like, we're never going to get a done version of from this him, film. Yeah. But also a cautionary tale that if you are a male animator, keep your sick fantasies <laughs> out of it. I mean, we don't need to see that, people. And I say that, I mean, I hope that the video industry is going to start getting more out of that with first-person shooters. Do you, not all of your viewership are male de- demographic. And again, we don't need to see your sick male fantasies visually. We just, just don't. Go keep off, it, mom. Yeah. Keep uh, it to yourself. <laughs> Get over yourself and, and keep it to yourself. It's sickening. And it's offensive. It's offensive. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't do, you could convey like this is a bad dude in tons of other ways. It doesn't have to be this. Yeah. It's not good. So yeah, so that was Seth Even the Cobbler. A very interesting experience yeah. watching the same movie, but yeah. like cut totally differently. Yeah. Um, fa- yeah, yeah it was, was so, fascinating. I was so excited knowing that we were going to see this, and then it was like... <sighs> yeah, realizing even the version that you were well, familiar I with didn't know. hold up in the way that you thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, next time, we will be going on a bit of an adventure. Two adventures, in fact, okay. with some digital monsters. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I'm there. I am there. <laughs> <All right. laughs> It'll be a good time. Better better than this, I'm sure. Yeah. We, will, we will overall enjoy this yeah. more. I'm so excited. So until next time. Bye. 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 Love you guys. Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed listening to um, whichever episode you're listening to. <laughs> but, uh, no, but we would, if you like it and you liked us, please get it. Please tell someone about it. Tell a friend, tell lots of friends, uh, because we would love to grow. We'd love yeah. to reach more of you. Like, we, subscribe wherever you listen to it, and just, yeah, get the word out. Send people a link like, hey, I enjoyed this. Check it out. Like, just word of mouth is the only way that we're going to grow um partially because i am terrible at doing social media stuff to try to promote it so please (laughs) but yeah but please because we we'd love to grow we love doing these you know and again like you can tell your friends we have lots of different versions so if they just want to pick and choose what to listen to what do you mean oh you mean it's hosted on not versions it's hosted on many different sites yes but not only that lots of episodes and so if you want to just pick and choose if you just want to pick out the one the movies that you know and love that's cool but Hopefully you'll enjoy us enough to listen to the other ones yes. too to see if you want to see some of those movies. Yeah, yeah hopefully you trust us enough hopefully. to know what's good. Yes. What's <laughs> and, worth yeah. watching. And two, again, is if you want to know and, and if you are a conscious parent and you want to know what isms to, you know, to be able to pre-tell your mm-hmm. kids about and know what things to avoid, we, we really touch on that too. We're here for you, parents. <laughs> please please have our ki- have your kids listen to us and and then they'll tell their friends and, yes. and just everyone will listen <laughs> well you'll be a meme <laughs> <laughs> it's my truest goal is to become a meme one day no <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah just please get the word out we'd really appreciate it and thank you so much for listening thank you love you guys 
This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279-0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening.